Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and other ways we can think that you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA, that's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review now. Folks, you're back uh, with your Camarda Wealth Leaders uh, right here in Wealth Education Radio, emanating Southwood from WBLB in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and across the Floridian Peninsula from Tampa, clear to the Atlantic uh, Ocean. Uh, if the sun is high and the sky is clear, um, and uh, most of the places in between. So before we get into our programming, uh, Rob Bullmoose-Shevelin has just, I think, um, um, evolved a, a new segment we'll do from time to time, which uh, Hot Stocks Camarda Jonathan has uh, dubbed out on a limb with Robbie the Bull Moose. Uh, which will consider very, very arcane financial questions craftily conceived by Rob, so devious and so complicated that we're not even sure he can come up with the answers. You want to go back and play these several times, as you know you can, whenever, at wealthleader.org uh, or website wealthleader.org, where all these shows are archived, to make sure you got the questions right. Uh, so you can puzzle them out yourself. So, Rob, what is uh, what are you throwing out on a limb this week, Robbie DeMoose? Well, to earn my moniker, the financial anesthesiologist, I'll give you a simple one. I can't hear you, financial anesthesiologist. The gas is flowing louder than your words. In our not-so-trivial um, pursuit. So, let, so let's say um, I've, I've hit that age where I've got to take my required minimum distribution out of my... Uh, IRA or 401k. Well, he said IRA, IRA or 401k. And uh, and uh, my question then is, if I'm still working and I'm not and I'm eligible to fund a Roth IRA, can I take the RMD distribution and actually fund it into the Roth IRA? Anybody? Well, we we, got, we rehearsed this, so I'm going to abstain because I know what your answer is, Rob. It's a softball. Sonny, would you like to go ahead and swing from limb to limb with Robin Moose? <laughs> yes. Hold on tight. We're going to cut, cut. Come on, Jane. The technical <laughs> term that I would use to answer that question is kind of. Yep, I would agree. Definitely kind of. In fact, i got a couple angles for you. But go ahead, Rob. Well, Complete your opining. It, it, you could probably soak up the entire segment without the limb here today. Well, I would generally say the answer is no. You can't take the RMD distribution and then put it into the Roth IRA. However, if you are taking out more money than the required minimum distribution you, and you can qualify for putting money into a Roth IRA in a given year, you can't take the excess amount and fund it into the, into the Roth account. Right. So let's you to talk about some of the simple things. Now, to fund a Roth IRA, what are the requirements, regardless of age or RMD status? You're going to want to have earned income. You've got to have earned income. So in this hypothetical, is this person working or retired? This person is working even though they're past age 70. So they, are, they do have earned income. Yes, but they're not making so much that they're disqualified. Right. So, they, so they, they, can't, they, they may not be able to use the RMD uh, distribution to fund the Roth, but why can't they just use their paycheck? Well, they can use any other source of income. 
and, and and I think since then this is commingled and fungible, you know, unless you know is a very invasive audit beneath the tail that not even you, Mr. Moose, I think would submit to. Um, do you think there's significant risk of this, you know, being a, uh, a flag area for IRS? With their reduced budget and such? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think the, the, the key issue is if you've got, if you think that you want to take money out on a tax-free right. basis and it makes sense for you, it's worth considering. Good. Well, do you have a comment? That was a, uh, that was a wonderful, wonderful, you know, say, Rob, I tell you what, we're gonna, that's definitely going to make the best of financial wealth education radio uh, CD. Uh, but for now, I think we're uh, going to move on. Any other comments? Something you'd like to and share? No, 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 no. I'm just... So I, you I, can I'm paraphrase immersed. it, perhaps. I'm immersed. And uh, I'm immersed in the, uh, the knowledge, my friend. All right, so let's... Uh, um, thank you, Rob. That was uh, certainly edifying, I'm sure, to our listeners as well as to us. And go back and replay that, folks, as many times as you like, all right, on uh, wealthleader.org. Or, Backwards, even. So this comes from, uh, this is, uh, we're talking about some, some recent client cases. Uh, and this is a, um, the, uh, an analysis that we did uh, for some folks that saw us at a seminar. Um, and they probably are um, the worth maybe, I'll say probably $4 million, a so retiring uh, physician, uh, had a lot of money put away. Um, and uh, one of the things that we noticed um, was that uh, they had some estate planning done, but they had AB trusts, and uh, um, which is one of the dangers, not constantly reviewing the estate plan. Not with your lawyer necessarily, that's a good idea, but... You know, they're, they're typically their their business models aren't set up so it happens efficiently. But we look at this stuff on our annual reviews all the time. Why is the AB trust something that they might want to consider changing, Rob? Well, a couple of years ago, there was a thing called the portability that came into the law, where if you didn't utilize the first person's death uh, estate exemption, the surviving spouse can pick that up and add it to their own. But the issue with having the AB trust structure is that you may be caught in a way where the surviving spouse uh, is going to be limited to how much money they may be able to take out of the trust uh, and not have the flexibility that they need. Right. So uh, let you know, put that in context, the AB schema, the AB framework, that chassis really sprang from the old uh, bifurcated exemption. Right. Where it was to $600,000 and it grew higher. But if I die, I have to pay, if I leave, the, I have $600,000 that I can pass tax-free, and I get that tax-free exemption so long as I leave it to anybody but my spouse. If I leave it to my spouse, it passed under the unlimited marital deduction and you burn the exemption. So in order to maximize the exemption, you had this AB trust, so it went to and you had a marital trust and a lot of different, you know, tricks, well, I shouldn't say tricks, but planning techniques to be compliant with the Eternal Revenue Code, but still not deny the family the benefit of the wealth. But those really are obsolete now since the exemption stacks. Is that right, Rob? Yeah, portability gives uh, uh, very successful clients a lot of flexibility as to how to uh, arrange their affairs. So, uh, you know, in this case, you know, it's not as a trap, it's obsolete. It's something that should have been changed years ago. And it, this law just had been, what, four or five years? It came into effect in 2000, the end of 2012. All right, so three years now. 
Yeah, going into the third. All right, so that um, so this is something that that really needs to be tweaked. This is a big you note, know, the, the, the well-off, sophisticated family. The next thing that we noticed uh, was that uh, um, again they had some extensive trust planning. This is one of the bigger estate planning firms in town, I think, that did the, the law firms, uh, but they didn't have trust protectors. Now, what trust protector would do what for their children? Well, in, th- in this case, let's say uh, you have two siblings and uh, they each were the trustee of their own trust, but all of a sudden uh, one of them is going to get divorced or there is a predator situation where a creditor is going to try to go after some money that's left in this trust for the, ch- for the child that they're the trustee of. Uh, in this case, my, let's say it was my son. My daughter would be his trust protector. She can step in and remove my son as trustee, so he can't be compelled to write a check against his interest. And this is perfectly legal. It is a tool that developed in the asset protection world. And Typically for offshore trust to protect, yeah. you know, some. And over the last few years, it's become more and more prevalent uh, in, uh, real, you know, living trusts or domestic trusts. And not a lot of attorneys necessarily will want to utilize this. Or because I, I think mostly because they don't understand the nuance or, I mean, not to, um, there's a lot to keep up with, you know, in any profession. And if you don't study that particular area, a new technique may come up or become mainstream. You're just not aware of it. You don't use it. doesn't mean it's not a great thing to do when you're, no. you know, you're missing a boat if you don't. Um, all right. So uh, um, any other comments on that, Sonia? Or let's have one more, I think, that... Uh, um, where I think they missed. They, this family, this couple, has an awful lot of money in IRAs, right? Um, but they don't have conduit provisions that would allow the IRA money to what, Rob? What are they missing here? Well, they, they don't have the requisite language in their documents to allow the money to be put in, you know, to, to be given to their children or grandchildren down the road and do what's called a stretch IRA. In other words, you use the individual age of each of the children or grandchildren to make that money last over a long period of time. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and the, uh, and, and Say thank you, Jane. And there's very specific IRS language that needs to be put into, into, the, in, into a trust or to have a separate retirement trust. Um, and it also provides a way to have additional asset protection. Well, Miss Cracking. Uh, if you have, if you uh, have Rob, I'm afraid Dusani is uh, flashing the happy Ouch. sign again at you. We have to carry over the uh, the break, but uh, stay with you, Commonwealth ladies, folks. More exciting stuff, including Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda, cousin Arnold Camarda, and our ever entertaining market forecast. Stay the baby with birds us. need a new nest. Back, back with you in sixty seconds. Camarda Wealth Leaders' levity is intentional as we aim to be the car talk of financial radio, entertaining, hugely funny, and offering penetrating financial insight and rare expertise across a broad spectrum of wealth-related topics. We're dead serious about money, but want you to have fun, too, and laugh all the way to the bank. Unlike many financial radio shows, this is not one long commercial or constant annuity pitch. I hate those constant annuity pitches. This is Wealth Education Radio, and we aim to share best financial practices that can truly supercharge your wealth. Do we expect some of you will want to become clients? Sure, but because the chemistry is right, and because you come to believe that the wealth leaders, that's us, can get it done better than your other choices. That's your decision. But when it comes to investing, we're fiduciaries. We put our clients' interests first, and that's a promise you can take to the bank. For more information and free reports, 
Call us now at 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Do it now while it's on your mind, folks. All right, folks, uh, you're back with your Camarda Wealth Leaders. And in case you were wondering about the sound effects, we'll be introducing a uh, new segment called Out on a Limb with Robbie the Moose, which will be announced by this um, lovely uh, sound clip, which, of course, you'll remember from the Tarzan movies, uh, was none other than the ape man himself. Uh, reminds us of our friend Billy Frazier, uh, the bodybuilder guy. He's still around, isn't he, Billy? I believe he is. Guy, such a humble guy. Here. He wound up on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And I remember I went into the gym and I had it in my hand. I said, Billy, you made the front page. I mean, the front, you know, of Section A, not the very deep we, in We've there. never been there. And I go, <laughs> I go, uh, Billy, you made the front page of Wall Street Journal. Remember what he said? That's nice. Uh, <laughs> as as he went back to his egg whites and tuna. <laughs> he went back to strapping his wrist to the bar. <laughs> his nerve <laughs> in his so shoulder. He couldn't <laughs> grasp it without, you know, assistance. Oh, I would well. like to suggest instead of using the pre-recorded sound yeah. effects, just have him do his own. The moose and the Tarzan. You, but you need to caress him first. You need <laughs> yeah, to get him out. Okay, go with the pre-recorded. Oh, the pre-recorded. To bellow. I'm in the mood to bellow. Alright, that's enough. We wasted enough of our dear listeners' time. So uh, let's talk about some of these uh, interesting uh, retirement uh, um, uh, areas. So we've got two competing opinions on how should retirees invest their nest eggs. Uh, And uh, Barry uh, Kaplan, uh, speaking to Wall Street Journal in mid-March, says total return strategy is simple, dependable, and tax efficient. Uh, While uh, Charles Farrell says a focus on income and dividends is safer in the long run. I know we have many dissenting opinions. Let's begin with the always brief moose. Verbosity is my middle name, oh, Moosey. You think, mutual, you think those two strategies are mutually exclusive? I mean, couldn't you have both of them in your portfolio? Couldn't you have both of them? Well, not if you're focusing on income and dividends. So I guess, you know, from that, I infer that you have mostly utility-type stocks, mass limited partnerships. You know, so is that, would you consider that to be a total return strategy? No, no, that's purely... Because total return, really, the, um, the, the flip side of the coin is capital appreciation, right? It's not Mixed. Mixed. Yeah, but I guess if, if you're going to have some need for, for cash flow off your portfolio and the rest is going to grow, it seems to me maybe you would consider having both of those. Now, maybe we would look at something that's more traditional income than a, a you know interest in dividends purely because we look at some other things. But I think uh, most of us would agree. Anybody think that the, the portfolio should be focused primarily on income, whether it's uh, equity income, or a fixed income, does anybody think that's a wise strategy for retirement? It really goes back to something we talked about earlier, you know, with, uh, um, with Sonia's focus on retirement planning, and then in uh, um, the, and then one segment uh, we talked about the, the nine dangers facing will you outlive your money, um, is that if you don't leave enough room for growth, the income piece likely isn't going to grow to be enough to offset inflation. Do you buy that? Jonathan, what do you think? 
No, I definitely agree. In fact, you know, one of the things that we see is people I like to call taking a knee too early in retirement. In other words, when you retire, the game's just kind of beginning. And a lot of advisors, they'll use that old equation of, you know, 100 minus your age, et cetera, and do the debt equity ratio. But the problem with that is... It's ludicrous. It, it's ludicrous, uh, to quote, uh, used to be Iron Mike, not so iron anymore. You're trying to bite your ear. He's more like Jello Mike. But the bottom line, though, is, is essentially <laughs> you're looking at the, uh, Rob, <laughs> don't go, don't on me. Don't do it, Rob. Uh, but no, I think the bottom line... And the gentle moose fading into the northern woods. No, I think we mentioned this previously, but perhaps for our new <laughs> listeners haven't heard that you know when you when you make too much too little money earlier on in your retirement, especially during times of good good market activity, what happens is is the opportunity cost of not making that extra money can cause you in the later years of retirement for your living, especially if you don't have long term care insurance, you're hovering in the low seven figures, you're on the cusp of not needing insurance. What happens is is that if you don't make enough in your early years, that could kill you at the end, so to speak. Or if you want to leave money to your grandkids. You still have people who are being advised to be too conservative, and yet the money is actually earmarked for grandkids. So I think that uh, um, the, um, the important point is that you know the long term, most of the research increasingly is showing that you need to have significant pieces set aside for growth in your portfolio in order to grow and offset inflation to fund your retirement over a longer than expected life for most people. And I think that you will find over most market periods, Defensive uh, equities like utilities and mass limited partnerships and REITs and so forth, although they've had quite a run the past couple of years for a lot of reasons we won't get into, uh, but in the long term probably aren't going to grow to be enough. You've invested yet another hour in Camarda's Wealth Education Radio, your one source for sublime insight on all things financial. As Ben Franklin said, pour the coins from your purse into your mind and your mind will fill your purse with gold. Remember the Camarda Wealth Leaders' warm offer of a complimentary review of your investments portfolio. That's a free analysis from the financial team with almost more letters than in the entire alphabet. An offer that makes old Ben smile even now. To get yours before we change our minds, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call now before we run out. That's it for this week, folks. Go forth and profit. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers, and may not reflect the opinions of the advertisers or broadcaster. Performance results are presented net of fees and reflect the reinvestment of dividends and capital gains. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that future performance of any specific investment or strategy will be profitable or equal to past performance levels. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Changes in investment strategies, contributions, withdrawals, and or economic conditions may materially alter the performance of your portfolio. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk. There can be no assurance any specific investment strategy will be suitable or profitable for any client's investment portfolio. Historical results for investment indexes or categories generally do not reflect the deduction of transaction fees or custodial charges or an investment manager's fees, the presence of which could reduce the client's actual performance results. There are no assurances that a portfolio will match or outperform a particular benchmark. Asset allocation and diversification do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. Back testing involves a hypothetical reconstruction based on past market data of which the performance of a particular account would have been if the advisor had been managing an account using a particular investment strategy. Performance results presented do not represent actual trading using client assets, but were achieved through the retroactive application of a model that was designed with the benefit of hindsight. Back tested performance results have inherent limitations, particularly that these results do not represent actual trading and do not reflect the impact of material market or economic conditions or factors that may influence the advisor's decision-making if the advisor were actually managing the client's money. Back-tested results should not be viewed as indicative of the advisor's skill, as they do not reflect the results achieved by any particular client of the advisor. Barron's rankings are survey-based and not made as a result of primary research by Barron's, but from information provided by ranked advisors. It should not be assumed that all advisor-based data is checked by Barron's.